You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Gonichiwa. <laughs> We're in Japan now, folks. <laughs> yeah, namaste. Jamasi, I should say that. Um, Tell everybody what Jamasi is. Jamasi is praise the Lord. It's not actually Nepali. It's a. It's just something they came up with. So if you go through the streets of Kathmandu, you're going to notice that it's actually a very safe city. The crime rate in Kathmandu really? is very low, even though it looks third I, world. I would think otherwise. Areas. Very safe city. But if you go up to a random Hindu background person who does not know about Christ and say, Jamesy, they'll smile at you. They won't curse <laughs> you, but they'll be very confused. But within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in Nepal, Jamesy is the way That's of the greeting way each other. Jamesy. Because namaste, the normal greeting, is a Hindu greeting. Mm. So, Jamesy. Jamesy. Nice to I was not. It's, it is nice to meet you. I've met you many years ago, but it is nice to be doing this podcast with you and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to say this real quick, though. Um, I had apple cider last night. Tis the season. Tis the season. Made from apple crisp apples. And it was. It was delicious. I, I was about to say golden delicious, but golden delicious are gross. Have you ever had a sweet tango? No. I got. What we went to Trader Joe's tango? for the first time over the weekend. Okay. Wish they had one around here. That place yeah. is awesome, man. Yeah. First off, I was like, "You guys are a little cocky," because literally everything is a Trader Joe's product. Like, I'm like, you can't for the you most part leave room for somebody else. There's a few like probably San Pellegrinos in there, okay. some other Sam companies. Pels. But you go Not to bad. like Indian frozen dinners, and Trader Joe's is making those, and Keurig K cups. Trader Joe's for doing really? those. Yeah, and they're biodegradable. You open them up and it's a mesh bag. And I'm like, oh. what are you doing, Trader Joe's? <laughs> but then I taste it. I'm like, this is the best coffee I've had in a long time. Out of a Keurig, that's that's saying something. Well, just the flavor. Oh, okay. I didn't get the Nespresso throw. I was going to say, we're Nespresso. But where I'm going is we got a bag of sweet tangos and there's nothing sweet about a sweet tango. It's more tart than a pink it's lady. It's apple. Yes. Okay. More tart than a pink lady. And pink lady, in my humble opinion, is the best apple. I haven't had a pink lady. Um, Highly recommend. I used it. to like Galas and Fujis, but they're a little too mushy. They're for not me. bad. A, a Honeycrisp is. I, I. You want that? Yeah, you want that snap. That I'm trying just... to recreate that into the mic, and yeah. it's probably disturbing. <laughs> no, that, that was a mush. That, that was, was a, a gala. And and you know what? What am I trying to say here? Man. I was having cider. Yes, cider. Yeah, and when the air gets crisp, I want the Honeycrisp cider. And I heated it up on the stove, not in the microwave. You don't do it in the microwave. Don't you dare. You do it on the stove. And just sipping a cup of cider warmed my heart and warmed my chest cavity, actually, literally. And it was very good. <laughs> May I ask you this question? Yes. Did it bring about some good emotions within you? It did. Which is a great transition into this podcast. We Ooh, got there. I we got there. I was like, what are we doing? We went from Japan and Nepal to Trader Joe's, but now we're into the content yes, of this podcast. It brought some great emotions. I want to talk about emotions. Come and on. this is relevant in this time. Have you ever heard about sad? Yeah. Some people are sad right now. Seasonal affective oh. disorder. That is an emotional, yes. um, I guess, science we call it disease that comes on people <laughs> emotional disease mental health i'm sorry yeah i, I get it don't 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 sorry I, don't patronize me on the I way won't i say patronize things you. I apologize. i'll get emotional <laughs> but it's seasonal affective disorder and this normally happens in the fall and it's the exact opposite of what you I, experience. I, don't, I love it 
But as the days get shorter, the weather gets colder. I get that. People often have a really hard time, and it's actually something called sad. Mm. Not to be mistaken with another emotional disorder, mm. which is social anxiety yeah. disorder. Well, you know what? I do experience that a little bit because there's there's it's very unfortunate when you think it's like eight o'clock and it's only five thirty because it's dark. Yeah. I, That's hard. It is hard. And some people have a hard time coping with that. And it can be both times. Some people have a real hard time going into the spring and summer. I think I have a harder time with that because their sleep gets affected yeah. and then they don't sleep as well and it can put them in a loop. Mm. But we want to talk about emotions because uh, it's a big topic. And we just see in the political climate with mm. COVID, a lot of people are emotional. Mm. And I'm calling this podcast Snowflakes and Facebook Fanatics. <laughs> Many a millennial and Gen Z have been called a snowflake. snowflake. I don't even know exactly why it's called snowflakes. Do you know that? Because um, snowflakes are fragile. But I'll tell you this about a snowflake. Right. They're all unique and designed by God. How do you prove that? Have you ever seen those pictures of a snowflake? Yeah, that's true. They're very pretty. They're all very unique. But they fall and they melt real easy. Yeah. You melt. It's, it's, yeah, that's it. It's fragile and it melts. So what you think has some substance to it really doesn't. And I think that's why they call us I agree. snowflakes. But I want to say this. There's been many a baby boomer on Facebook <laughs> getting very emotional. Don't forget the Gen X. Gen X too. Sorry. Had to All say caps. It. Had to say Many it. emojis mm -hmm. getting very emotional on Facebook. Yeah. You know, if you shout, these snowflakes, I mean, I'm just letting you know, you're getting emotional too. Yeah. Just a different response of emotions. So you're just an older snowflake. <laughs> Never heard it that way. <laughs> but moving on. So what are we going to do with all of these emotions? I think there's really two common approaches that we hear about them. First off is the more emotional bent, which says dig into them, highly esteem them, focus on them. Embrace them. Give them great value. Identify with them. Mm. And then the other one is the exact opposite. Get over them and move on. And there's really two ditches yeah. that we fall into with these. The first one, if you focus and obsess on what you feel, you're really not going to change what you feel. Mm. You're just going to embrace and become mm. what you feel. Feelings aren't a sure thing to stand your no. identity on. No. Would you say that the younger generations tend to embrace emotions more and the older generations tend to have the... I'll say the younger you know, generation is actually more cognizant of their emotions. Right. And because they aren't equipped on how to handle them, they do identify with them more. Gotcha. But the second ditch of the people who just say get over them and move on is just telling your emotions to stop or ignore them doesn't really change them either. Denial doesn't deliver mm -hmm. you. That's good. So- What's the truth about emotions? The, the first thing I want to say is that we all have emotions. Mm -hmm. Even God has emotions. Yeah. God sits in the heavens and laughs. And he laughs. God has wept. Yeah. Shortest verse in the Bible is what? Jesus wept. So God God's has- God's also jealous at times. Ooh. We're going to get into these yeah. things. Your moody teenager <laughs> has them, and your politically inclined uncle on Facebook has them. We all have a politically inclined uncle or aunt. <laughs> you know. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> this is the truth about emotions. They are difficult to rule over. And just take God on the subject. This verse has really helped me. We just did a podcast a little while ago called Play the Man about what it means to be manly. And I'm embracing this to deal with my emotions. 
and take this as something that makes me more of a manly man. Proverbs 16.32, this is in the Christian Standard Bible, says, Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions Mm. than capturing a city. Wow. Capturing a city is no easy task. But the Bible says that if you can rule over your emotions, you're better off than one who can take a city. You're more powerful. (sighs) Oh, dude. I think of Attila the Hun. Captured many cities. That guy had some anger issues. Yeah, if you did. read about him in history, and where is he now? I mean, obviously he's dead. But <laughs> I mean, he he couldn't. It would have been better for that guy to reign in his emotions. Absolutely. Than Let, all the conquests that he can. I get on. passionate with this verse yeah, and go ahead. passion translation. Go passion translation. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? The yes. answer in my is yeah. Uh yeah. Okay, let me start yeah. over because it throws the verse off when I give commentary so, in the middle I'm of the verse. A lot of commentary. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Do you want to conquer a city? Rule over your temper before you Ooh. attempt to rule a city. Wow. Boom. That's the equivalent of putting the cart before the horse. That's true. So the point I'm making is no one has a rap on handling their emotions. Whether you're a Facebook fanatic or a snowflake, we all need to grow in this. And I believe God's calling us to a holistic approach to our emotions. And I'm not talking about <laughs> Eastern medicine. <laughs> Let me clarify. Can I'm you? talking about spirit, soul, and body. Okay. The way God designed us. Whole. The God part of us. Spirit. Our mind, will, and emotions. And our body and our flesh. He wants to work through us completely so we can have a completely different response to our emotions. Let's start with the spirit. And let's talk about a negative emotion of fear, which the Bible calls a spirit Mm. of fear. One of the best scriptures for a new believer to get a hold of is 2 Timothy 1, 7 and commit it to memory. God has not given us a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind. I think one of the things that'll get us going and handling our emotions is knowing that a big root, if we chopped all the surface material and went under the surface, fear is the root of many of the negative emotions that we experience. And that means that there's a demonic war on the way we feel. And we can get really spooky and um, kind of superstitious with demonic influences. Like if we walk by someone, can that spirit jump on me? But the main (laughs) way that the enemy is going to attack us is how? He's going to attack us in the way of thought. And the truth is, every thought that we really have and meditate on is going to produce an emotion. Yeah. We can't get away from it. If we can get away from thoughts, we can get away from emotions, but we're not getting away from thoughts anytime soon. So we're not getting away from emotions. Mm. I was going to say, you know, that verse, 2 Timothy 1 7, is something that I um, pray with my daughter every night and she um, recites it to me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. If you look at that word sound mind, it actually means Mm well-disciplined. And so if the enemy is attacking you in your thought life and you don't have a well-trained and disciplined mind, it's going to run rampant and cause a lot of unnecessary emotions. Mm -hmm. And so part of this whole getting a grip on your emotions is understanding that your mind, Jesus has given you the power to have a well-disciplined Well-disciplined mind. So that is that connecting point. We're talking about a holistic approach. The spirit that God gives Mm -hmm. us, the Holy Spirit, 
works in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions by giving us a sound mind. These roads are connected. And how does the Holy Spirit do it? Uh, I heard a psychologist, a Christian psychologist, I noticed I had some obsessive compulsive traits going on in my life. And I listened to probably the most well-known book on OCD. It's called Brainlock. And he's a psychiatrist, but he's actually a Jewish Christian. And he was speaking at a Christian university on how the Holy Spirit plays the role in this. And he says that the Holy Spirit works in our life and in our mind by being the impartial spectator and the wise advocate. Mm. He's giving a perspective different than our impulses of our flesh and our mind. And he's the wise advocate. We know that. And I also was reading a different book on communicating and getting emotional. And they said, it's not the instance that happens that makes us angry. Somebody can laugh at you and you don't get angry. Somebody else can laugh at you and you Mm. do get angry. It's the story you tell yourself about the action. Mm. And the Holy Spirit enters into the scene and he always gives us a different story. The Holy Spirit works in our heart and tells us things of Christ and gives us a different perspective on that person that calms us down and works us through. So I think it helps start looking and calling the Holy Spirit you are this impartial spectator who walks into the middle of my mess and gives me a different perspective and you're the wise advocate. Mm. That's how he's working in that area. He's interpreting the information and calming our sensation. That's a good rhyme. There you go. Let's talk about <laughs> soul. So we talk about spirit. Soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And I have some scriptures here I just want to read. Hey, I think that's a great idea on a Christian podcast. <laughs> Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Philippians 4, 8 says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Isaiah 26, 3 says, those that keep their minds set on you, you keep in perfect peace because they trust in you. And last but not least, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought Mm. and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Wow. I don't know what translation you had some of these in, but Philippians 4.8, I liked when it says, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. And I think of when we're, I've got a truck and sometimes you got to move stuff and you got to tie that stuff down. You fasten it down. Mm -hmm. And And what does every guy say after they strap something down? That'll ride. That'll ride or that ain't going anywhere. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. And because you got it fastened down, it's locked to the bed of the truck and you know that thing's not moving. In the same way, your thought life should be fastened to the glorious work of God. So it's so important that uh, you don't like if, if it's not fastened, then your thought life is wandering every which way, which is why this verse is so powerful. It tells you the very things to fasten your thoughts to. Mm-hmm. You want to get those things on gridlock. You want to get that strap tightened down to where you can confidently say, that ain't going anywhere. Right. It's, That'll it's, ride. I've brought it in, and it's constant. It's constant. That's what that we're ain't going for, right? anywhere. And we were well taught at our church. If you don't have a local church, I pray that you get one. You got to be planted in the house. Listen mm-hmm. to our house plants podcast. We talk about that. But we're so well taught at New Creation Church of Glenwood Springs. Recommend you visit 830, 1030, 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. But our pastor says you can't defeat emotion with emotion. You got to have the spirit mm-hmm. overcome and take 
precedence over your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. So often I think we think the Holy Spirit's going to come in and (laughs) he's going to stir the waters of our soul and they'll Mm. never be the same. But there's a partnership. There's a Greek word called koinonia. Koinonia is about the intimacy and the relationship the Holy Spirit wants to have with with us. With us. And it's three parts. It's intimacy, partnership, and shared responsibility. Mm -hmm. And what I see in all these scriptures is our responsibility to take hold of our soul. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man, Philippians 4, 8 says, keep your uh, and fasten your. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 26, 3 says, those that keep their mind. And 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we capture So we have to know that the Holy Spirit really isn't interested in managing our emotions for us. He's interested in managing our emotions with With us. us. And that's a big revelation. Uh, Often when people say, God, help me with something, what and I'll include myself with it, (laughs) what they're asking them to do is to do it for them. Take this from me and do it for me. But God's interested in a life well-lived with us Mm -hmm. that's equipped us, that leads us in the victory that Jesus has already paid for and how to walk it out, not just to lift us up and drop us in a new spot Mm. in life. But again, how practically is the Holy Spirit going to do these things? Uh, I've actually gotten some coaching this year on my emotional health and my mental health, any Christian backing. And I learned about this first from John Bevere in his Holy Spirit book, that a lot of the pronouns used for the Holy Spirit female are female which is yeah. not saying that the holy spirit is a woman there's no mother god there's none of no. that but there's attributes of the holy spirit that are feminine in nature right male and female came from god so there has to be some aspect of both in him and there's a feminine aspect of the holy spirit that helps us he's called the comforter so a father is Main role, I'm not a father yet. I don't want to speak on behalf of fathers. You're a father. I'm a father. But a father wants to equip his children, right? Yep. People fall into fear often because they don't feel equipped in life. They Mm. haven't been equipped by their father, God. Or they have, they just don't know it yet. But a mother's role can be more of a nurturing presence. You know, when you're all worked up and it's not a big deal and you run to your mom and it's like, hey, it's okay. Come on. I'm going to make you some hot cider. It's fall. Apple crisp cider. It's going to warm your inside. Yeah, or tummy, or, or your feet. Tummy. Weird. Not your and presence your feet? Not used to. Okay. I'm 28 years old, but at one point. <laughs> but I believe the Holy Spirit comes in and he offers, offers that comfort. And this is a scripture that's helped me. Maybe you've been a person who uh, can lay in bed and thoughts just start rolling. And they start that's rolling. Me. And then you're like, I don't know what to do. And then your heart is like, what is that man? Call me Nathan. This scripture has calmed me down. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit's nurturing power in our life. Psalm 94, 19. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the one who nurtures us and roots us and grounds us. The Holy Spirit shed what on our hearts, Jonathan? The love of God. And Ephesians 3 says that we would be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Love grounds us. Emotional chaos tosses us to and fro. Mm. The nurturing power of the Holy Spirit can ground us. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the last thing, the body, the flesh. Well, I had something to say, though. Oh, please. 
Well, this has just been so good. But, uh, you know, when we talk, you said that so many times we want the Holy Spirit to control our emotions for us, but he's doing it with us. And I always just think about what Jesus said, that his yoke was easy and his burden was light. And the word yoke really is just talking about something that two oxen are attached to and they're pulling, whether it be a plow or harrow or whatever it is. But what they attach over the shoulders of both oxen is the yoke. And really, you're con- trying to control your stuff by yourself. Um, it's 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 very hard. And they've proven this, that, um, you know, if one oxen can pull a thousand pounds, two oxen don't necessarily pull two thousand pounds. They can pull like mm-hmm. 10,000 pounds. And so there's a multiplication process. But uh, so when the Holy Spirit partners along with you, it's like being doubly yoked in that in that yoke and you can control and and process emotions in a way that you couldn't beforehand. Exactly. Um, and it's multiplied. Sorry, I was just thinking about That's good. that. That's true because a lot of these things you can go, well, these are natural things. Well, get the Holy Spirit to supernaturally empower some of these things that even science has proved yeah. out and get his work on it. And you're not going to be hauling just the 2,000 right. pounds. You're going to exponentially right. be overcoming your emotions. Yeah. And why would you want to do that by yourself anyways? No. He's the helper. What is therapy that we even have in the natural sense? It's somebody else helping you process your emotions. Right. Why not have the Holy Spirit be your primary source of therapy? That's awesome. There it is. Amen. Body and flesh. Many of the emotions we experience have to do with the operation of our flesh. Mm-hmm. I realized this recently. I was getting all worked up and I'm like, gosh, I'm just so caught up in my soul. And then I read the works of the flesh. And look at some of these works of the flesh. Anger, outbursts of wrath jealousies, strife, lusts. Hmm. There's a flesh battle going on. And this has to do with anger and fear, which is often that spirit. We already talked about that. There's two common responses to fear in our physical bodies, our flesh, fight and flight. And they're both to get rid of whatever we're experiencing immediately. And we have this dilemma within ourselves spiritually these emotions and these things that are going on in our flesh are debased nature. Paul even said this, in my flesh, there is no good thing. We have to get that identity mm-hmm. in us. But we want to go to a deliverance meeting and deliver ourselves <laughs> of strife, deliver ourselves of anger. But I heard this from a minister, Greg Fritz yep. at Karis Bible College. I was sitting in a class and he said, you can't cast out flesh. And we can't cast out flesh, which means we have a responsibility to put to death the effects of the flesh through the power of the Holy Mm. Spirit, or we could say crucify our flesh. And that's just not fun. It's not. And it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. You don't just crucify it once, right? We are to be giving our lives as a living sacrifice, right? Romans 12. And I've said this before, but the problem with a living sacrifice is it wants to crawl off the altar. Yeah. So every day you put your flesh back up there and you crucify it. And guess what? If you allow it, it can resurrect the next day. That's true. So it's a constant and continual thing. And where I'm getting at this, there's there's some uh, solace in this to know that it's a process, meaning you're not messed up if you have them originally. You have to work on getting them out of your life. And it's a daily thing. It's something we're going to work on. You never get rid of flesh. And your flesh is honestly capable of doing the most rank, nasty thing. (laughs) It is. The flesh left untamed can do any terrible act. 
Yeah. So we as Christians need to be very cognizant that we mm. have one and what to do with it. But I was thinking of the crucifixion process that Jesus went through. Jesus was on a cross, had all the power to get off the cross, but he had to stay on, on the, the cross. cross. And so often with emotion, we're just, get it off me. I feel sad. Get it off me. Get away from me. Get, get it. But we have to sometimes just ride that out. Mm. In science, I was looking at this again in the book that I learned about uh, OCD. There's four steps, relabel, reattribute, refocus. But in that refocus stage, it says you'll have thoughts that will produce certain emotions that are very distressing to you. Some people call them intrusive thoughts. Mm. You relabel it saying, you know what, that's just an intrusive thought. You reattribute it to the fact that you're dealing with a mental health issue. For us, we'd say our flesh. Mm. You know, that's lust. That's of the flesh. And then you refocus on something else. Right. But they say that if you will do something else for 15 minutes, often that emotion will go away. Wow. But we have such a hard time at even the presence of anger, of stress, that mm -hmm. we freak out and we chase it addictively. Yeah, act on it immediately. We, part of crucifying it isn't even radically, God, get it off my life. Just, just having done all to stand, stand there mm -hmm. knowing that it'll change. And biologically, once those chemicals have been released in our bloodstream, it takes an amount of time for those to go away and for the new emotions of the new thought that you're thinking to invade your body. Wow. But we create new pathways as we do that in our That's so good. body. And I want to finish off with saying this. So many people medicate their emotions, whether it be caffeine, whether it be sex, whether it be drugs. And that's because they've just grown so dull that they would rather not feel mm. than anything. But this is the encouragement for those super sensitive people. I'm super sensitive. I'm working on not being super sensitive. Uh, but the power of choice makes our choice powerful, hmm. which means if I was married to the only woman in the whole world, my faithfulness to her would not mean much. Right. If there was nothing to be fearful of, my courage wouldn't mean much. Yeah. And when you unplug from emotions like sadness and different things, you don't just unplug from sadness. You also unplug from the joy of the Lord and those yeah. peace that you need. Mm -hmm. So the, our power to overcome emotions that are present make our overcoming power powerful. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what to say after that. That's really good. This is something I'm working on. And yeah. uh, I think what we have to understand is that we all do have emotions. It's time to not forget about it and pretend and dig our head in the sand, right. but our emotions don't have to right. have us. You said, you know, there's two ways we usually deal with them. You either embrace them or you get over them. And both of those are really a ditch mm -hmm. or you could say a rut, you know, what the, you know what a rut is. A coffin with both ends. Knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's where you, if you stay in that thing, it's where you die. So there is a healthy balance of understanding what your emotions are. But then what you said, those three steps, what were they? Replace, refocus. Relabel, reattribute, refocus, and revalue. So yeah. relabel is, this is lust. This isn't yep. me. And call, it, call a spade a spade. Call a spade a spade. And reattribute. You, and your flesh is not redeemed. So when it's releasing right. those chemicals, it's like, I'm releasing chemicals right now, but the Spirit of God's going to release some different <laughs> chemicals really, really soon. Then you refocus on yep. worship. Yeah, which we talked about just in a podcast yeah. recently, and then revalue going. These feelings aren't who I am. I don't separate yourself from feelings. That's what's getting our kids into trouble. 
Right. They're not feeling like a boy, so therefore they're not a boy. <laughs> That's just not true. Right. Our feelings are not the indicator of our mm. identity. That's good. It kind of seems like they're, you know, we're kind of touching on the subject of really responding versus reacting. So when you have a certain emotion, um, more times than not, we react or like you said, you chase that emotion, you react, you, you, you get that feeling of anger and you just react in anger. And really the spirit of God is there to help you process and respond. And so response, and this is something my dad used to always say, response is from the spirit of God. Reaction is really of the flesh. And so when you think about if you go to the doctor's office and he's testing your reflexes, he hits your knee and you can't really control it, but your knee goes up. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a, a, a reaction, a reflex that just happens. And if we allow our flesh to really be dominant, we'll find ourselves just like the doctor hitting your knee. We can't seemingly control our reaction because we've become so flesh dominated. But really, mm -hmm. when you let the spirit come in, the koinonia, shared responsibility and partnership and intimacy, he helps you process what's going on and respond accordingly or yeah. appropriately. Amen, bro. Thanks for adding to this podcast. You're welcome. What's your wisdom of the day? Um, well, the thing I, that I'm going to meditate on a little bit more is when you talked about how the Holy Spirit will give you an interpretation of the information that can calm our sensation, not just because it's a really good rhyme, but the whole idea is that what you were saying was people don't make us mad. It's the stories we allow to play through our mind that makes us mad because when someone offends you, they're not really going to tell you exactly what their intention was. You are interpreting the intention. And usually you come up with a story of the, the worst intentions. Exactly. And then, you know, you get mad at that. And so allowing the Holy Spirit to retell the story um, in your mind and help you process that is super important. Yeah. And going off that, the Amplified Bible speaks of the love of God, which the Holy Spirit administers to our heart. And it says that that love believes the best, best. in all things. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's going to give you an interpretation and a story mm. that is of the best, not the worst, which means you can experience the best of emotions, yeah. not the worst of them. My wisdom of the day is that the Holy Spirit is a nurturing force. And if we are going to be able to crucify our flesh and stay on the cross of uncomfortable emotions, mm. we have to be able to access that calming force in the middle of emotions because we get so afraid of our thoughts and emotions. I realized I did this even in things like um, taking every thought captive. I thought there was an urgent time frame on it. So any thought can come into your head and every thought probably will come into your head at some point. Mm. It's not about the thoughts that come into your head. They aren't your identity. Any thought will. But I would respond in fear to those thoughts immediately when I, no, 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 no. Don't think that. Don't think that. Well, if I say picture Jonathan in a, don't picture Jonathan in a walrus suit, all of you are picturing him in a walrus suit right now. Yeah. And whenever you respond in fear to a negative thought, it's just going to increase that mm. thought. But allow yourself to crucify the flesh by experiencing the nurturing power of the Holy Spirit to withstand that emotion until mm. his emotion comes into your life. Mm. Don't focus on the problem. You focus on the solution or what you're replacing it with. Right. That's right. that third. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. No. What's the right. opposite of that? Right. Love. There you go. Good. That's good. Simple, but hard to apply. Yes. And that's why we're doing this podcast. We're all growing in it. So hopefully we won't be snowflakes and Facebook fanatics. <laughs> all right. You want me to pray us out? Yeah. Please pray us all out. Right. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is truth and it is life and the answers that we 
are looking for in life um, are always found in your word. And I thank you that the Spirit of God helps reveal those to us. And the Spirit of God helps uh, us control our emotions, Father God, that we can be in a place that we are not snowflakes and Facebook fanatics, but we're people who respond from the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to help us process our emotions and act in a way that is um, honoring to you and to the people around us, Father God. I thank you that you're helping us grow in this area, that we're not going to experience um, sadness. What was it again? Seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. We're not going to let our, our emotions dictate our life, um, but we're going to let our revelation dictate how we respond and how we feel about things. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Two things before we go. Yes. First off, thank you for joining us this week and listening. Secondly, we look forward to hearing you next week <laughs> on the Sewing and Growing Podcast.